anything that we can do to better the lives of the pups is what we're aiming for. So if we can't do it, we always look to have a referral, like we can't do it, but this company can, or this person can, because again, it's not about the dollar. It's about the dog. Welcome to the Wear, Wag, Repeat podcast. I'm Tori Mystic. As a dog mom lifestyle expert, blogger, and business owner, I love talking to other women in the pet industry and sharing their advice with you every week. Sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. In this episode, I had the pleasure of talking to Tara Robertson, the founder of Pupstars Pet Care in Chicago. Tara first started her business walking dogs on her own back in 2006. And with demand from her customers for boarding and grooming, she decided to hire help and move her operation to a brick-and-mortar facility in 2014. Right before the pandemic hit, she upgraded to a larger space where she can offer almost anything her doggy clients need, from daycare to transportation, grooming to CPR and first aid classes. Hearing about her business and services, the number one priority for Tara is safety. She and her team work really closely with pets and their people to do temperament tests, offer training advice, and sometimes recommend daily walks instead of daycare. Tara is definitely a woman after my own heart doing all the things, but she told me that slow and steady has really been the key to her success. If you need a community of women in the pet industry to support your dreams and bounce your ideas off of, I'd like to invite you to join the Wear, Wag, Repeat Society. It's like a masterclass for growing and marketing your pet business online, but membership only opens a few times a year. So please get on the wait list at wearwagrepeat.com slash society. Tara Robertson started working in the pet care industry when she was just in high school. She started as a veterinary assistant as part of a school work program. From there, she transitioned to the daycare and boarding side of things and officially started her own business, Popstars Pet Care, in 2006. Since then, she has grown it into a first-class 10,000-square-foot operation with luxury boarding suites in Chicago. Welcome, Tara. Hi, Tori. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you and and hear all about Pop Stars. Um, Before we hit record, I was like asking you a few questions. So if you don't mind, tell us a little bit how how you got started. Because when you first started, you were just walking dogs on your own. And now you've grown it into this huge business. I was walking dogs from 6 a.m. till 10 p.m. And that got to be a bit much. And we realized we needed to hire help. So we hired an additional two walkers and that really cut down on my workload. And then from there, clients just started asking about, you know, boarding. Can you watch your dog, watch my dog in your house? Uh, Can you give my dog a bath and whatnot. So in 2014 is when we opened our first brick and mortar. Uh, it was a 4,000 square foot facility on Western and Erie in Chicago. And yeah, it was a great start for our first, you know, brick and mortar facility. 
Yeah. So you already kind of had like the customer base a little bit and they came with you to this brick and mortar store, which was a huge advantage. Yes, it helped tremendously. And then, you know, for those of you that don't know about Ukrainian village in Chicago, it's heavily dog populated. Everybody loves dogs. Everybody has dogs. So we had uh, a lot of community you know, support. At first people were like, what's this big purple building that's, you know, you know, uh, going up in our neighborhood. And yeah, it was us. And we, we were well received and we've had uh, long-term, you know, lifelong clients. And so now you have a, a different building, right? We do. And, so and it's much bigger. It's much bigger. And six months before the pandemic hit, we relocated to a 10,000 square foot facility, um, which we, purchased. And, you know, you can plan for everything, but you don't plan for a pandemic. I assure you that. But, um, you know, it's big. It's got ample indoor, outdoor space. I mean, we really did it with the dogs in mind to make sure they're comfortable, to make sure they have, you know, tons of space to, you know, run around and enjoy themselves. Yeah, I actually I watched a video, uh, I think on your website uh, about your facility, and it, it looks just so clean and so nice. And there's so much space for all the dogs. Was it hard to find that space? Did you look for a really long time to find the perfect place? Yes, definitely. You know, um, all the places we looked at were really lacking, you know, something. And, you know, you can only do so much with contractors. You can't just, you know, build open space out of thin air, you know. So we were really lucky that this particular building had, you know, a huge parking lot, you know, and we were able to divvy that up for three separate, basically, dog play areas. We have a membership-based dog park called Peyton's Playground. It's named after one of our long-time, uh, she was a Yellow Lab veteran clients, and she passed away. Um, so, yeah, we named it a- in honor of her. So, I'm so curious about a, a membership dog park. How, how does that work? So, basically... You know, when you go to normal dog parks, there's no fee. There's no one that's going to clean it for you. Uh, You get what you get when you get in there. Sometimes it's a social dog. Sometimes it's not. Uh, Maybe they're vaccinated. Maybe they're not. So with Peyton's Playground, we actually can vet the dogs that, you know, become members. So we make sure that their vaccines and fecals are up to date. And we do um, our version of a temperament test, which is just to make sure that, you know, the dog is okay being around other dogs and, you know, they're social just to minimize any possible, you know, incidences that may occur in the park. And of course we have rules, you know, we don't allow food in the, um, you know, the active play area, what else? Um, no toys, you know, some dogs get possessive over that. We have our own obstacle course. So we have, you know, a frame agility equipment. So the dogs really do have plenty to do there and people can actually, you know, focus on their pup. And can people go, if they're a member, can they go and use it whenever they want? They can. So we have, um, basically a thumbprint reader is what gives you access to the park. Whoa. You guys are like James Bond (laughs) over there. (laughs) We're trying, you know, the thing is when you give out codes, all of a sudden people are sharing that code with someone. So it's really a kind of a quality control thing. That's why we opted to go this route. Um, we actually also have a coffee shop that was supposed to be built on the side of the park right before the pandemic hit, you know, the business partners basically said, oh, we can't do it right now. So we are hoping to open that, you know, sooner rather than later. And oh, just that would be really cool. 
Yeah, because I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. Everyone has. Someone wants to run into Starbucks and get a coffee. They have their dog. They tie him to a pole. Oh, my God. It's so dangerous. You know, I've seen dogs get loose from that, step off the curb when, a, you know, a car's turning. So I really just in in building this, I had all of that in mind. And I just wanted to, you know, solve a problem. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like kind of the thing that that's running through is, is safety for yes. you is probably like the number one thing it sounds like. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're vetting the dogs for the membership, but you also are really careful with dogs for your, for your daycare. And you say that not every dog is a daycare dog. You know, I have friends who, whose dogs have flunked out of daycare Oh boy! <laughs> and man, do they get upset about it? Um, but they don't really seem to like follow up and do any work with their dog on it. Um, so for you, like as a, as a daycare owner, how do you evaluate, you know, or what do you tell to people if their dog's not a daycare dog? What do you do? We try to be very just transparent and sometimes people don't want to hear it. And it's like, you know, each dog is different. Some dogs thrive, you know, in this environment, others, you know, they kind of, they kind of ball up and, you know, they, they go into a shell. So it really, it's on the individual dog and just letting people know, like, it's nothing personal. We want what's best for your dog. You know, even if that means, you know, your dog isn't going to be coming to our facility, but we also like to offer options. Like we do dog walking. That's where we started. Those are our roots. So let us come to you. Let's keep your dog comfortable. We can, you know, go a couple times a day and let your dog just explore the neighborhood. You know, it'll just be, you know, less stressful on the dog instead of coming to our facility where they're definitely going to encounter, you know, 15 dogs, 30 dogs, you know, depending on the group they're in. Yeah. That's such a good idea. And, and, and you keep them as a customer. I'm just thinking um, there's so many daycares around me um, and my dogs are older. And so we don't, and I work from home all the time. So, so we don't really use it as often, but I don't think any of them offer um, dog walking services. So that seems like such an opportunity for local dog walkers to maybe partner with them. Like, you know, you obviously have a whole team, but do you think that's like a good idea for someone to reach out to, to daycares about partnering? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we pride ourselves on being a one-stop shop. So we have everything in-house and the person that you see, you know, in group with our dogs very well could be, you know, walking your dog at another time. So your dog has the familiarity of the staff that's there, but absolutely. I mean, for us, anything that we can do to better the lives of the pups is what we're aiming for. So if we can't do it, we always look to have a referral. Like we can't do it, but this company can, or this person can, because again, it's not about the dollar. It's about the dog. Yeah. And, and about the relationship with the customer. Like if you yep. make them feel good, like you're still fulfilling their need by referring them to someone they will use you when they can next yep, time. Yep, exactly. And, you know, we do um, pet retail as well. So we have, you know, a lot of different avenues to where we can, you know, assist pet owners, you know, one way or another. So we like to always leave people with options. You know, we've also partnered with a wonderful uh, training company called Anything is Possible. And so if our current dogs develop a behavior problem or a dog comes in and it's not, you know, a good fit for daycare and they have problems, we can refer them to this, you know, company. And then you never know, we always can reassess at a later date. Right. It's so cool. I love how you, you really have like every base covered. It sounds like, which is really awesome. Um, so I want to ask you, you know, when, if you could go back 
to um, young Tara <laughs> back in the day, what advice would you give yourself when you were first starting with the brick and mortar location? Oh, don't think you know it all. <laughs> don't be afraid. <laughs> you know, so when I was younger, I, I knew I wanted to do this work with animals in some capacity. And then when I really realized, okay, I want to open my own facility, I had this vision of a big, glorious 30,000 square foot facility, you know, all the bells and whistles. And it's like, you know, had I done that, I probably would have fell flat on my face. I know a lot, but I didn't know it all. And you learn a lot with trial and error. And it's a lot easier to start off small with lower overhead and be able to make those mistakes and bounce back versus, you know, go all out and then just, you know, not be prepared for certain things such as the pandemic. And, you know, my husband is really the one that pushed me to go small, just, just start off here. Don't worry about, I know you want to do this, you know, big glamorous thing, but start small. And it worked out because we were able to, you know, move to the larger location. Yeah. Take baby steps. That's yep. good. It's good to have someone like that. Cause I'm like you, I'm like, let's do everything. Yeah, right me now. too. <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm a big believer in reaching out when I need help. 45 minutes with an expert can save me hours or even months of work. Do you feel like you hit a wall with what you can figure out on your own? Or do you have an idea that you really need to bounce off someone who gets pet parents? I'm now offering one-on-one -on -one coaching to give you the help you need to spend less time working and more time with your pet. These coaching sessions are designed to help you with your marketing, social media strategy, goal setting, and overall vision for the impact you make in the lives of pets and their people. Learn more and book a call with me. All the info can be found at wherewagrepeat.com slash courses. And as always, if you have any questions about if this is right for you, just reach out and ask. You know where to find me. Um, so, an, but another thing you do still do a lot of things though, Tara. So another thing you're doing is CPR, pet CPR classes. Yes. Um, so why is that important to you? And, and you're hosting some of those classes. Why is that important to you? So, you know, all our staff that comes on board has to be CPR certified or get, you know, CPR certified very quickly. Um, the CPR and first aid is just really good for any pet owner to have. Um, I've seen, you know, people on online forums, you know, their dog gets a scratch and they're panicking and they don't know what to do. So they rush to the nearest vet and vets are expensive these days, you know, and don't let it be after hours. We're talking about emergency clinic fees. So I think to give people a little bit more peace of mind on how to deal with situations when they arise, you know, what's really serious and warrants immediate vet attention versus this can wait till the next day. And just being comfortable, if something happens to your baby, you know, you want to make sure that you can act and you know what to do. So the CPR and first aid really helps with that, you know, choking, um, you know, nicks, cuts, scrapes, punctures. It just really helps, you know, put your mind at ease, I think. Yeah. So that's real. I mean, obviously it gives pet owners who are using you a lot of peace of mind because your whole staff has that certification, but you also think that pet parents should pursue that too. Yep, absolutely. Because you never know what's going to happen. You're taking your dog to a dog park or, you know, 
whatever it may be, you know, an allergic reaction to some new treat you gave them. This just gives you, you know, uh, a leg up on what to do. And you don't necessarily have to, you know, Google it. You'll have it in your mind. Okay, I need to grab this bandage or I need to wrap this or put pressure, you know. Um, it's it's very helpful. I think everybody should definitely, if you have a pet, you know, you should know pet CPR. Well, now I think I need to, I need to take one of these courses because people, and I, and I also need to recommend it to people because I get so many DMs from my friends and family and strangers on the internet (laughs) say, sending me gross pictures of things on their dog and asking me, what should I do about this? Yep. And I'm like, well, I don't know, just like clean it, keep it dry, see if it gets worse, but I should probably double check that my advice is good advice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, when in doubt, obviously, you know, a vet is always your go-to, but I get the same thing just because, you know, my background started, you know, in animal hospitals. So, yeah. So, um, you also are, um, passionate about rescues, but, um, you, you mentioned to me earlier that people can adopt purebreds, um, and, and don't think about that a lot. So, you know, why is this something that's, um, that that's important to you and, or maybe not important, but that, that more people should know about, I guess. I mean, it's definitely important. So here's the thing. I mean, during this pandemic, you heard that a lot of people were clearing out the shelters and adopting dogs, which is wonderful, right? But it's even better if those dogs stay in the home. So, you know, they get the proper training and all that good stuff. And now you have those that decided not to go to a shelter because they wanted quote unquote, pure breed dogs, you know, there are actually breed specific rescues out there. So if you want a Rottweiler and you're really aiming for that, reach out to a Rottweiler rescue, you know, um, golden retrievers, like it's crazy any over the breed. years, yeah, yes, any breed, you know, over these years, I have seen amazing dogs come through shelters, you know, and they, they come to us, you know, for service. And it's like, whoa, wait, you got your dog where? And it wasn't even a breed specific shelter. They just ended up in the city pound or whatnot. So um, a lot of people do purchase dogs and realize that they bit off more than they can chew and they do end up in the shelter. So I always, you know, encourage everyone to just check, look around. You got Pet Finder, you got Google. Google knows (laughs) just about everything. So, you know, Google breed specific rescues, take your time and make sure you find the dog for you. And definitely don't underestimate the mutts in the shelter because they tend to have less health problems. And, you know, any dog, you know, can be trained. And, you know, for me, just about every dog is a good dog. You know, it's not just pure breeds. Well, and I think it's interesting too, um, whether your dog is pure breed or mixed with many different breeds, it's nice to know what their heritage is, what their background is, because certain dogs are going to have certain drives to do different activities. So some love to chase, some love to hunt, you know, and even if you live in like Pittsburgh or Chicago, you'd be surprised at how many kind of like hunting activities you can do with your dog, not actually hunting, but to encourage (laughs) that kind of natural behavior. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's just, you have to really do a lot of research. Um, but you know, it, it is, there's, there's so many great dogs out there that, um, I, I always kind of had like a problem with the whole adopt, don't shop, 
kind of thing because I think that that makes people look badly on purebreds, but you can adopt purebred dogs too. Yes, exactly. You know, I always do. I, I'm not going to lie. I do advocate for the adopt, don't shop because I think people just have a lot of misconceptions. I have to get a purebreed because I want this look or I want this specific thing. And it's like, I'm telling you, there's so many rescues throughout the U.S. You're going to find what you're looking for. And if you're willing to spend $3,000 on a dog, then you can probably find a dog in a shelter, spend half that price and go out and, you know, make a fun road trip of it and pick up the pet, you know, and rescues have gotten so, um, you know, clever with the pandemic, they're doing like Zoom, you know, Zoom calls to meet the dogs and, you know, sending picture updates and whatnot. So yeah, I think just, I want everyone to weigh their options. And if you're not sure, you can always foster to adopt, hey, this works or it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, and I also think that looking at older adult dogs or even senior dogs is such a great option for people. I think so many people want to just get a puppy and it's a lot of work. (laughs) Yes. Lots of, lots of puppy problems. And you know, it's funny, you mentioned, um, you know, different types of dogs for different, like, you know, basically different personalities, different lifestyles. I can't recall what the site is, but there's like a personality test that you can take online and it tells you what breeds would be you'd be best suited for. Oh, I will have to check that out. I'm going to look for that. Um, Because, yeah, I think about it all the time. You know, I hear people saying, oh, I had these old neighbors like a long, long time ago who had um, an old English sheepdog, like those big giant ones. Yeah, big shaggies, yep. And they didn't, I don't think, know anything about this breed or anything. And they're like, oh, I forget what his name was. I think his name was Charlie or something. And they're like, Charlie's just, you know, he's so depressed. I think we're just going to give him like a self-care day and we're going to give him a bath and we're going to let him hang out and watch TV and just nap all day. (laughs) And I was like, I don't think that's what your dog would consider (laughs) self-care. Right, exactly. And, you know, that's the thing. A lot of people have these things in their mind, like, oh, my dog is happy. My dog is smiling, you know, but to a professional, it's like your dog is stressed right now, you know? Yeah. Your dog is thirsty and hot. (laughs) Yeah. So knowing those things, you know, that the average person may not know and, you know, it, it can't be all about looks. The big craze right now is doodles and I love doodles. They come in all shapes, sizes, colors, but do you know what you're getting into when it comes to the grooming of a doodle? Yeah. Cause I assure you most don't, you know, but you know, it to each his own, but there's resources out there. There's a lot of options. So that's all I can ask for is that people really just do that research and make sure it's a good fit. So we don't have extra dogs in the shelter. Yeah. Keep it, keeping them in the home is number one priority. Um, so, so speaking of COVID and the pandemic and everything, you know, I'm sure it was just a total nightmare for you because you probably had to shut down for a while. Um, but now that things are loosening up with with restrictions, but a lot of people are still working from home. Why is it important that they might still use daycare or use a dog walker or something like that, even if they are home all day? So over the last year, dogs have been under their humans almost a hundred percent of the time, whether it was an, you know, a dog that, you know, they've had forever or a newly adopted dog. So they've gotten used to this. You have to break them, you know, from that routine and that habit Re- nice and easy before things really, you know, 
go back to normal full throttle. I think that a lot of dogs have developed, you know, anxiety, you know, when their parents walk out the door now, wait, wait, but you've been here all this time. Where are you going? So we're really encouraging, you know, for people to make sure their dogs are experiencing other things outside of the house, outside of them. And that's really where we come in. So it's no big deal for, you know, bring your dog in for a couple hours, take a day to yourself, you know, so this way you're setting, you know, yourself up and your pup for success when it comes to you going back to work, you know, outside of the home. Yeah, no, that's great advice. Um, I am never going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Even when people go back to quote unquote normal life, um, I'll, I'll still be with Bert Lucy, but it is still important to, because I will probably want to go out to dinner eventually one day. And so I will be leaving the house at some point. Um, so you're right. You have to kind of do it gently, even just like 15 minutes at a time is good. Yeah. And it's better to, you know, what is it? What's saying? Uh, I'd rather need it. I'd rather have it and not need it or need it and not have that whole thing, you know, because then all of a sudden you're in a frenzy, like, oh my God, I have dinner plans or I need to do this or leave town, you know, unexpectedly. And that is a shock to your pup. If you haven't established, you know, a different routine, if you haven't taught your pup how to, you know, be comfortable in a kennel and they have to go to the vet and be away from, you know, just all these different dynamics and things that, you know, one is most likely going to encounter over the span of a a dog's life, you know? So it's really just, it's conditioning. Right. Well, so speaking of dogs, you have your own dog, Mello. I do. Uh, how did Mello come into your life? Okay. So, you know, I'm the crazy dog lady that's always got, you know, some dog food or a leash in my car or something like that. And I was actually transporting two of my clients' dogs to my home. And I see this dog in the street. And he's just kind of standing on the curb at first. And then he steps off and there's a semi truck coming. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I pull over and I, you know, try to ask, does anybody know whose whose dog this is? Like, and nobody knew. Um, At first, I thought this lady had her hand out. I thought it was, you know, her dog. But she was like, get away from me because he is a Staffordshire Terrier. So he's a bully baby. And uh, once I found out that Nobody knew anything about this dog. He had a Harley Davidson collar on. He wasn't neutered. I was like, okay, well, I can't just leave him here. So I have a leash, luckily. But my obstacle was I had two, you know, two dogs in the car. I can't just put a random dog in the car with my client's dog. So I asked somebody to hold on to him for me for a couple hours. I dropped off the dogs that I had and then basically went to get him checked out, seeing if he had a chip or anything like that. And nobody claimed him. So, you know, after a month, I'm like, I guess you're mine, buddy. So, yep. And oh my he gosh, is, that's a crazy story. Well, I can't believe that someone held him for a few hours and yeah. he was still there when you got back. Yeah. Luckily, I knew somebody, you know, close by. So, oh, okay. Yeah. He, okay. Yeah. He held, he held on to him. And I was like, I'm going to come back for him. I just have to get, you know, get these dogs out of my car. So he was about, we, we expect about eight to eight months, maybe a year and a half. And he is uh, 12 now. 12 oh. and a half. So you've had him for a long time. Yes. Yes. He's grown up with my kids. I mean, great dog. Great, great dog. Yeah. It sounds like it it sounds like it was meant to be. He was waiting there for you. Yeah. (laughs) I'd like to think so. (laughs) That's how I feel about my dog, Bert. He was, um, he was in the shelter for over a year because he's 
big. He's like almost 90 pounds and um, was bouncing off the walls. But he was also a senior because when I got him, he was six or seven. So he's listed as a senior. Yeah. And um, he's also special needs. He has epilepsy. And so he and he's dark brown. So he hit all the things of like non-adopt, non-adoptable. Um, and, and so I think that, um, he was just waiting for me. I was like, you could have just called me sooner. I just didn't know you were waiting for me. (laughs) I'd love that. Um, okay. So Tara, to wrap it up, um, can you tell us to run your business? Are are there any like services or apps or websites that you can't live without? I mean, the thumb print reader sounds amazing. We're going to have to look up that because I'm just interested. Um, but anything else that you, that you can't live without to run your business? Um, well, Lockley is the biometric, you know, uh, reader for the, for the dog park, the locks and whatnot. I would say uh, ginger app is really, that's what streams line that streamlines our processes. So you can book, you can, you know, charge clients, they have their own portal, they can look at previous invoices. So I think right now, we cannot live without that. We had a software prior to that was, uh, you know, it could do maybe half the things, but this has definitely helped take us to another level. Is that specific to the pet industry or just? It is, yes, okay. it is industry specific software. Okay, cool. We'll have to check that out. We'll add that to the Wear, Wag, Repeat resource guide. I make a list of everything everyone recommends. Awesome. <laughs> so we'll add that in there. Um, and Tara, thank you so much for your time and for telling us about Pup Stars. Um, it was really great to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much. What did you like most about this episode? Find me on Instagram at Mystic and let me know what intrigued you or what questions you have about starting or growing your own dog-inspired business. You can also screenshot this episode and tag me in your stories. I love to see who is listening out there. Some of the best conversations happen after the episode, right? So track me down over on Instagram or join the Wear, Wag, Repeat Labs Facebook group to connect with other dog-obsessed entrepreneurs. And as always, you can find all the links and resources discussed in this episode at wherewagrepeat.com slash podcast. See you back here next week.